WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Well, well, well. There are several ways to look at what happened in the closing moments at Heinz Field yesterday. You can see it as an utter disaster that the Steelers can't recover from. If you're keeping the faith, you can see it as a mere bump in the road. Or you can see it like I do, as being best for business. But regardless of the path traveled, the destination was the same as always. The Steelers cannot beat the New England Patriots. Won't beat the New England Patriots. Blew a glorious opportunity to beat the New England Patriots. And the trickle-down is that the Steelers' season will not end good. Not end like it could have had the Steelers won yesterday. This is the Mark Madden Show live from fabulous Las Vegas. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Madden X. It's appropriate to say the city's ablaze, the town's on fire. And the big controversy is the reversal of the touchdown catch by Jesse James. The rule sucks, but they called the rule properly. James did not complete the catch. I know, that makes no sense. When he breaks the plane in possession, it should be a touchdown. But the rule says Jesse James must complete the catch, and Jesse James did not. That game was lost by the Steelers over and over. There were several momentous occasions where the game goes different if that moment goes different. Sean Davis dropped an interception on New England's last drive. He holds on to that. Game over. If you stop Gronk from getting two, all you need is a field goal to win it. James's drop is the single biggest moment. And then there's the play at the end. I would have spiked the ball and kicked the field goal. That's what Ben wanted to do. That fake spike confused the Steelers. Bad communication. Half the team just stood there. Every single Patriot defensive back covered Eli Rogers, perhaps because he's the only receiver who ran a route. It was a bad decision and a bad throw. And why Rogers? Why not a bigger target like Bryant or James? Bryant wasn't even in there. Darius Hayward Bay was. Uh, the defense needed to do much better on that last New England drive. The Patriots went 77 yards in 70 seconds. That's too easy. And Gronk killed him, bullied them, beat the crap out of him on that drive. Sean Davis was humiliated on that series. Gronk was his guy. Davis dropped that pick. He got plowed over on the touchdown. Gronk had what on that drive? Uh, catches of 26, 26, and 17, and then the two-point conversion. Uh, Belichick would not have let the other team's main guy do that in that situation. Bracket Gronk, double him, triple him, do anything to make it harder than it was. And don't forget... The Steelers' offense went three and out right before that last New England drive. The Steelers had so many chances to win that game. 
so many moments where if one thing goes different, the Steelers get out of there with the W. There is no way to not say the Steelers choked. No way to not say it. You lost home field. Now, in the division round, you're going to have to play Jacksonville, a buzzsaw, who already crushed the Steelers earlier this year. That loss yesterday was absolutely crushing in so many ways. I want you to talk about it. It'll do you some good. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Today is a glorious day for so many of you pissants because you get to blame Ben Roethlisberger. You love to blame Ben Roethlisberger. You've been waiting for a chance to pin a loss on Ben Roethlisberger. And there's no denying that was a bad decision and bad throw that ended the game. So feel free. Put Ben on blast and wallow in playing the blame game. You love it. I know. I insist. Go ahead. Do it. Because when Ben retires and Landry Jones is the starter and the Steelers go 6-10, and 10, then it's my turn. Uh, If the Steelers win yesterday, that catch by Juju, that catch and run, 69 yards, it's legendary. That one-handed touchdown catch by Bryant is legendary. Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, played a lot of man-to-man on D, and the Steelers did okay with it. But now that all trickles down the crapper, none of that matters. Moving forward, some of you were optimistic. Some of you feel yesterday shows the Steelers are close to beating New England. That's just silly. Yesterday was an unmitigated disaster, and the Steelers will carry it around like it's a disease. It was soul-crushing and will be extremely difficult to recover from. I haven't even mentioned the injury to Antonio Brown, diagnosed as a partially torn calf muscle. No surgery. Brown is expected back for the postseason. Uh, His absence obviously hurt the cause a great deal yesterday. I'd hate to see uh, Yinzer Nation whine too much about it, though, because players get hurt in football all the time, and the truly great teams still find a way to win. The Steelers proved yesterday that they're a pretty good team, but you cannot call them a truly great team. Not by any stretch. Not when they just can't beat the New England Patriots. Now, before you all call in and bitch about how Jesse James scored a touchdown, it should have counted, the Patriots cheat, the referee screwed the Steelers, yada yada, I want to say again to you, the rule was applied properly. Turn on uh, ESPN, Fox, go on Twitter, Google. Every ex-NFL official, every guy who worked for the NFL and now works for network, everybody says the rule was applied properly. Jesse James did not complete the catch. There's no opinion. There's only fact and there's only that rule. Jesse James did not complete the catch. End of story. You want to say the rule sucks? Okay. Officials can't ignore the rule. They applied the rule properly. 412 
I tweeted something very prescient when the Steelers had that fourth quarter lead against New England. I tweeted, the Steelers are worthy winners to this point. Now they have to battle their demons. Prophetic words from the super genius. Absolutely prophetic words because the Steelers tried to battle their demons and they failed. They can't beat New England. Will not beat New England. Will never beat New England. Can't beat New England. That's just how it is. If you want to look forward to the AFC Championship game, it'll be a celebratory day for a great season, but it will also be the last day of that great season because they can't beat New England. If they were ever going to beat New England, it was yesterday at Pittsburgh. They're not going to do it in the AFC Championship game at Foxborough. And frankly, I doubt they'll even get there. I think they'll lose to Jacksonville. I think yesterday's loss was so soul-crushing that they lose to Jacksonville in the divisional playoff game. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I know what I would bet on and will bet on and did bet on yesterday, although uh, 27-24, to it was a push. I merely got my money back. I did bet Liverpool big, and they won at Bournemouth 4-0, so I had a decent day. Uh, Joe Hayden did not play yesterday, but I don't want to pin that loss on the defensive backs. I thought, given having to be force-fed man-to-man work, which was the right call by Keith Butler, I thought the Steelers' defensive backs really did do an admirable job. Anyway, line up. Confront me with your bitchery. I can take it. But again, the rule sucks, but it was applied properly. 412-333-9939. I watched the Steelers at the Tilted Kilt here in Vegas. We have Tilted Kilts uh, back in Pittsburgh, but it was weird to be in a Tilted Kilt that actually had customers in it. Uh, it was jam-packed. When Ben threw that interception, the quiet was deafening. There were like six New England fans there, and they went nuts, of course. But nobody else could believe it. The Steeler fans, the neutrals, no one could believe it. I still can't believe it. We got Matt Williamson later this hour, and Steeler fans, if you didn't think you could feel any worse, at 4.30, he's the number one comic in America. He might be the number one New England Patriot fan in America. If it makes you feel any better, he said on Twitter that Jesse James's catch should have counted. It's the fantastic Bill Burr. Bill Burr at 4.30, right here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You live by the ass, you die by the ass. Well, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that subject. Wait a minute, prostitution's illegal? The X at 105.9. I keep getting tweets, I'm sure you get calls, saying that the James touchdown should have counted. Look, just because you want the touchdown to count doesn't mean you get to declare the rule null and void. It's a stupid rule. But every single ex-ref, every single ex-NFL official director, every single person asked to comment and evaluate says the rule was applied correctly. If you want to say it's a dumb rule, that the minute he breaks the plane in possession, the play should be over, touchdown, that I agree with. But the rule, as written, was applied properly. Now, there's a video 
of a Brandon Cooks touchdown for the Patriots earlier in the season where they blew the call and the touchdown counted. And the Patriots, yeah, they get a lot of breaks, don't they? But then was when they screwed up. Yesterday on James's catch, they applied the rule correctly, whether you want to ever admit that or not. God, you people bitch about other teams' fan bases whining. God, what could have happened did. Y'all whine and whine and cry and cry. Uh, the Steelers did a lot right in that game. Look at that touchdown drive, almost nine minutes, uh, eight minutes and 39 seconds to be exact. Steelers went four out of four on third down on that drive. They had 20 minutes possession in the first half out of 30 because of that drive. You played man-to-man D and did okay. Le'Veon Bell had a great day. Juju and Bryant picked up the slack when Antonio Brown got hurt. But you still lost. I don't see almost beating the Patriots as doing anything for the Steelers. I don't think that manufactured any optimism for a potential rematch in the AFC final. Do I think James's touchdown should have counted? No, because the rule got applied properly. I do hate the rule. Do I think the Steelers win if Antonio Brown doesn't get hurt? Yeah, but injuries happen all the time in football. Don't make excuses. What could have happened, did. The Steelers and Patriots really is like the Capitals and Penguins. The Steelers just can't beat New England. Just can't win. Let's go to Sam. Sam, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Double M. What's up? Uh, so I have a lot of friends talking about this as well, saying that, you know, the ball broke the plane, as you just said in your commentary. However, I noticed he didn't make a – do you think he made a football play or a football move after he made the catch? Because he kind of tucked it in and then reached out of the goal line. Would that be considered a football move or no? What's that have to do with the call? Well, wouldn't the call if if it was he made a football move and then the ball broke the plane? Wouldn't that be a correct interpretation of the rule or no. of the other you, rule of making you, you, as oh, a runner? You know what? You're right. It should have been a touchdown. They got screwed. They should have won. New England always gets all the calls, don't they? I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that the call was applied. Well, bro, bro, what, how many times do I have to say it? The rule was applied properly. Every single person that's an expert in this field says the rule was applied properly, and nitwits like you and your nitwit friends try to come up with double speak and double talk and some loose interpretation to try to make it a touchdown. It's not a friggin' I, touchdown. Just lose, I, will ya? I disagree with my friends on that because I don't think he made a football move either. I just know that's what a bunch of... Sam, fans. F off. Football move has nothing to do with it. See you later. Wah, 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 wah. Tyler, you're on with Mark. Mark, good day. Right. So never mind the catch. I want to talk about fourth and one with two thirty left in the game. If you're if you're Tomlin, do you still punt the ball? Or with a game like Le'Veon had at that point and our third down conversions, do you say F it and try and go? What? In the fourth quarter? Fourth and one? Yes. Where were they at? They were, let's see, they were at their own 28. Well, Correct? and to your point, to your point, we never beat New England. We never win against Tom Brady. That punt. Oh, okay, Tyler, let me, let me cut you off at the pass here, okay? You want them to go for it on fourth and one at their own 28. In the fourth quarter. I'm saying, I, I'm. Tyler, Tyler, yes or no is a good answer. Do you want them to go for it at fourth and 28 
in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think there was, let me look here, 216 left. You want to go for it there? I say go for it. Okay, Tyler, you will never coach football at any level because no football coach at any level of the sport would go for it on fourth and one at his own 28 in that situation. Not one single coach at any level of football. But you really want to blame Tomlin, so don't let me stop you. Let's go to Ralph. Ralph, you're on with double M. Hey, Mark, you take your blood pressure medicine today. No, I just drank a whole bunch of Bloody Marys. All right, well, all right. Hey, uh, a couple things on that game. You know, I, I, it wasn't, I thought it was an awesome game, number one. Oh, it was an awesome game. About, what's that? It was an awesome game. Uh, just incredibly yeah. entertaining to watch. Absolutely. And, and uh, hey, the Jesse James thing happened. They interpreted the rule. It's a lousy rule. Let's what's done with it. Let's move forward. I think there's a lot more positives to come out of that game than negatives. When you figure that Antonio Brown basically didn't play the whole game, and they Ralph, had to deal Ralph, with that. Ralph, right? Ralph, 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 there are no positives to come out of that game. Not one Mark, single positive. No, I'm right. Mark, you lost home wrong. field for the playoffs. Ralph, I'm right. Mark, okay, tell me the positive. Mark. Tell me the positive. Okay, well, first of all, did it, did it interrupt their getting the bye for, for the first week off? It, it cost them home field for the uh, championship game is what it cost them. That's the tangible loss right now. And to put them uh, in all likelihood against a very tough opponent in the divisional round in Jacksonville who beat the hell out of them earlier this season. So I guess not too much good did come from it. Hell, Ralphie boy. Up next, you know, I wish you people could look at a loss objectively, okay? I wish you people would not be whining sissy Marys every time the Steelers lose a game you don't think they should lose. Now, yesterday was a game that they shouldn't have lost. It was all right there to win on, well, we went over all the all the moments. The Davis dropped interception. You stopped Gronk from getting two. Uh, the James drop, and, of course, the... The interception at the end. But don't act like you got screwed or the rule was applied improperly. All that whiny, sissy, baby crap. Just learn how to lose. You should be used to losing to Tom Brady and the Patriots by now. Hell, you've had a lot of practice. Matt Williamson up next, 105.9. Star Ultra. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, Mr. Madden, big fan. Super genius, I love the show. What he likes ain't legal nowhere but Medellin. The X at 105.9. Here's the typical tweet I'm getting. This is from Angela. That was a bad call. He had control of the ball going across the line. It was a touchdown. We would have won the game if not for the play being overturned. Now, you see Angela here, who's very nice, I'm sure. She wants to overrule the rule that was applied. She wants to declare the rule null and void and invent her own rule, which allows the Steelers to keep that touchdown and win the game. It's a bad rule. It was properly applied. No quarter brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. A lot of crazy stuff transpired in yesterday's game. Even that last play. Bad decision. Bad throw. 
Eli Rogers quadruple covered, but he was held on that play. Watch the replay. He was held. It might have been a ticky-tack call to give the Steelers another crack, but it would have been the right call. I didn't have much problem with the coaching yesterday, the coaching by the Steelers. Like I talked about with Matt Williamson, in the fourth quarter, you see guys like Hayward Bay, Rodgers, Toussaint. They're figuring it in. But when the game was on the line for the Patriots, they threw the ball four straight times to Gronk. Rely on your stars. Rely on your primary talent. It served the Patriots well and would have served the Steelers well had they chosen that right Now, with Antonio Brown out, that's one less superstar to target, but I would have leaned on Le'Veon Bell even a little bit heavier than the Steelers did. Bell was absolutely brilliant yesterday. I certainly didn't get the call after James's catch was overturned, throwing a swing pass to Darius Hayward Bay where he couldn't even get out of bounds. The Steelers had a long time to contemplate what to do if the touchdown was overturned while the replay was implemented, and that's the best they could come up with? A three-yard swing pass to Hayward Bay that didn't even get out of bounds? That's just bad. Haley, let him down a bit at the end. Let him down at the end. Uh, The Steelers played some man-to-man, which they don't often do, but they did it pretty well. And they got decent pressure on the quarterback, too, even though they only had two sacks of Tom Brady. Now, here's that Penguin news I promised you. Patrick Hornquist has been sent home. He will not play tonight at the Avalanche. That's at Denver. Uh, so hopefully that's not too serious because they need that guy. What he does, not too many people do. Penguins with that win uh, on Saturday against Arizona. How about the puck line on that one? Penn was favored by a goal and a half. They scored twice in the last, what, 15 seconds to cover. Not that I bet on that game or anything like that. What a treat it's going to be for Steeler fans next hour. If you didn't think you could feel any worse, well, you probably will. My guess is going to be Bill Burr, America's number one comedian and a diehard New England fan, albeit one who said that James is catching the continent yesterday. In just 30 seconds, we are going to talk about what Jesse James could have done better with the opportunity presented yesterday. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yeah? Hi, Mark. Big fan. It's double M. Let me hear you woo. Hi, woo. Well, then you ain't talking, bitch. The X at 105.9. Joining me now for what figures to be a very productive segment, talking about yesterday's Steelers-Patriots game, he is our football guru, former pro and college scout, Matt Williamson. Matt, what the frig happened? I barely know where to start after yesterday's game. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think everyone's stressing uh, about those final plays or two, and I understand that, and it tugs at everyone's emotions, but I thought it was a really well-played game. 
playoff-like atmosphere. And to be honest, I mean, my number one takeaway from that game is I'm more confident that the Steelers can beat New England here, there, anywhere now than I was before kickoff. Yeah, I don't see it that way because I think if they were ever going to win, yesterday was as good an opportunity as they're ever going to get. And in many ways, they spit out the bit, Matt. They had the chances and just blew it. Well, I mean, the last play obviously qualifies that way. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I do, I'm, I'm in the minority that doesn't think that the, the refs botched the James call, and we can talk about that. Oh, no, no, Matt. I, I don't think they did either. Let's, let's go to that yeah. right now. It's, it's a bad rule for me, but for I think sure. the rule was applied properly, and really everyone thinks it was applied properly, don't they? My buddies don't. <laughs> I mean, uh, it seems like the general Steeler fans that I've been in contact with with Twitter and you know, the people that I think mostly are out there listening feel like that that should be a touchdown. And I think what's being missed here is I think it should be a touchdown too because they should write the rule better. But by the law of the land, that was the right call. And I know a lot of people out there saying, but the ball didn't hit the ground. I think it did hit the ground, and I don't think he possessed it properly by the way they write the rule in order to grant him a touchdown there. Yeah, he has to complete the catch. He did not complete the catch. That's my stand on it 100%. Now, were the Steelers prepared in the event that touchdown was nullified, Matt? Uh, because it sure didn't look like it. I don't know what Hayward Bay's doing in the game at that point, let alone catching a three-yard swing pass where he can't get out of bounds. I can see where people, the other complaint I've heard about that is why wouldn't you have two plays called after all that time, you know, where you're, you're, you're waiting around for the James call to get reversed. Yes. Call two plays. Why is Hayward in there? Well, I think he's in there because one, Connor's hurt. You know, we had seen Bell and Connor on the field a little together with Bell a detached player. And I think they very much wanted Bell detached because he was eating them alive from that way. And if A.B. wasn't injured, clearly he would be out there, too. Uh, it was an odd situation where Hayward Bay lined up in the backfield. And then, you know, it, from the way I was looking on TV, everybody was covered. You had one option. You dumped it to Hayward Bay with enough time that you could, you know, you could keep moving along with it. I think the complaint that they should have two plays called is unfounded, though, because they might have. I mean, the only way you can do that, though, is – if this is incomplete, then run up the line and and call play B. You know, but not knowing where the down and distance are going to be, how do you call the second play? What's the right thing to do on that last play, and where does the blame lie? Ben made an ill-advised throw, obviously. That's to me. That's the error. I mean, that to me, that's the the huge critical error. Ben should not have thrown that ball. Uh, throw it at their feet, throw it away, whatever. And, and that was a killer. And granted, I mean, five out of ten times, it doesn't even come back to hurt you. It, gets bound, you know, it doesn't end up in anyone's arm. Um, a couple things I thought were odd there, though, were, first of all, if Brown's in the game, that's going to Brown and not Eli. I mean, clearly whenever they practice their fake spike for whatever reason, it's with Brown and Ben connecting, not Eli Rogers. This is to complain a little about the refing, but I really didn't have any problem with the game with ref. He was really complaining that he got held a lot on that play, and I think there was some validity to that. Yeah, that I think so, said, too. Yeah, you know, that being said, throwing a slant or a crossing pattern in that situation 
doesn't make any sense to me either. You're throwing into the heart of the defense. A lot of bad things can happen. That usually when you see a fake spike type of call, it's a fade or it's somewhere away from the defense. So it's either a completion for a touchdown or incomplete and it bounces around outside. So I didn't understand that. And my hunch is, and I don't know this at all, but and I don't even blame him for it, is I think it's an aggressive call. I think Ben went to Eli and said, run a crosser. Because nine guys were standing still there besides Eli and Ben. And it didn't work because, as I said, the crime was throwing the pass, not the call or really even you know trying to be aggressive there. And Dale made a really good point. Dale Lawley mentioned that if you watch that play, too, if Ben happens to notice James, he's all by himself just kind of drifting away from everybody that would have been an easy touchdown. But he focused in on Eli, drove a pass in that he shouldn't, and they paid for it bad. Yeah, I agree that um, – well, first off, I would have spiked and kicked the field goal. I think at that point you've got to make sure you've got to get into overtime. And you make a real good point on that last play – Nine guys stood around, only two guys played football. So obviously there was a bad level of communication regarding the fake spike. Right. I think that's 100% true. I mean, you don't tell nine guys to do nothing on the fake spike. We're talking about Williamson, our football guru. He's brought to you by our good friends at 84 Lumber, showing you the right way to build since 1956. Uh, Why did Gronkowski ran amok on that last New England drive, uh, Matt? I know he's great. But why not more coverage? They just kept going to him, and he kept catching it. Yeah, and that's going to be a problem. I mean, I think we said – I know I said that on several outlets going into this game, yes, everyone wants to play man against the Patriots, and I think that is a good call. But this isn't a new development. Teams across the league have realized that if you play man against the Patriots, and for the most part, I think they deserve a lot of credit for doing it very well, especially their corner. But if you play man against the Patriots – with all respect to Julio Jones, A.B., all the great receivers in the league, there probably isn't a more matchup, a more difficult man-to-man matchup in the league than Gronk. You know, somebody's either too small or too slow or, you know, not strong enough. I mean, and Davis got manhandled. And I read today that all but 10 of Gronk's yards, which is like 158 yards, were with Davis in coverage. And I do think that you got to do something. You know, that you knew that was going to be the chink in the armor. You're hoping your corners hold up. They did. But to allow Gronk and Davis to play more or less alone with each other, that's going to happen every time. Right, because Belichick, who's so good at erasing the other team's top weapon, he wouldn't have let that happen. He would have just doubled up on Gronk. Brackett had done something. Yes, however... I think that if the narrative of this game goes a little bit different, I think that the Patriots had as little of an answer for Le'Veon Bell yesterday as the Steelers did for Gronk. Uh, Yeah, I agree. And uh, Bell, I mean, he's found that niche where he gets a few less carries but a few more catches out of the backfield, and he just gets the ball in such opportune situations, doesn't he? Yeah, and... I don't think if they play again, I don't think they'll have any answer either. It's much like the Gronk situation. I mean, Steelers, to me, drafted Sean Davis because, hey, we want to play more man coverage, but we need a tight end coverage guy. You're going to get Kelsey. You're going to get Eifert. You're going to get Gronk. Where, and he's not living up to it. So I don't know who they have to match that. On the other side, 
it's not like if these teams meet in the AFC championship game that their linebackers are going to be a lot better in coverage or they're going to have any sort of answer for Bell as a receiver slash runner. So I think you could see more of the same, which to me, I thought the Steelers were the better team yesterday. How much damage does that loss do to the Steelers moving forward? I mean, tangibly and also mentally. Uh, the mental thing, I don't know. I mean, I'll be down at the facility tomorrow. Maybe I'll get a feel for it. But maybe I'm an optimist, but I, I feel better about their chances now than they did before. Um, I think if you've watched the film, and we will later in the, in the week, you're going to see that this Patriot team isn't invincible. Brady's awesome, but he's beatable. Um, Gronkowski is a massive problem that probably won't go away. But you'd think you'd get Gilbert and Hayden and a couple guys back. A.B. obviously was a big loss. They overcame that extremely well. But that made Belichick's life much easier, much like the AFC Championship game, that one of these studs that he's been preparing for all week no longer is a factor. Um, I don't know that, you know, going to New England is awful. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But this is a pretty tough mental team, a lot of veterans, uh, I'd give them just as good a chance. Uh, man, right now, if they were to play that game in New England, I'll give them a 50-50 chance. And I didn't feel uh, that way last week. Okay, here's another uh, potentially monkey wrench in the works, too, though, Matt. What if they have to play Jacksonville, which they likely will now in the divisional round, because Jacksonville is just a juggernaut at this point, aren't they? On defense, for sure. And that's going to be a tough physical game. I think that is how it will end up going. I think that the Steelers will get a break, and then Jacksonville will come here. I don't expect Ben to throw five picks or anything like that, but he will get hit. And maybe A.B. is just coming back, and he'll get one of the best corners in the league. Points will be hard to come with, come against. And in a way, I think if the ideal situation would have been Jacksonville goes to New England or vice versa and they beat up on Brady the week before you play them, as opposed to them beating up on Ben and Brown and those guys. But I don't – I mean, Bortles has played very well, but I, I don't trust him, you know, in the playoffs or anything like that. Their offense is still very pedestrian to me, although it's getting much better. But their defense is great. It's going to be a tough game. What do you hear about the injury to Antonio Brown, the, uh, the calf problem, uh, and how much did that injury affect yesterday's result? I thought the Steelers – did remarkably well without A.B. after he left the game. Absolutely. I, I thought that Bryant stepped up. I thought everybody played really well. And I had that feeling that if, if that wouldn't have happened, that the Steelers might have started to pull away. You know, if he catches that ball and isn't injured, they may start to really separate from New England at that point. Um, it's huge. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I, if you would have told me on Friday that A.B. got hurt in the second quarter, I would have thought they lost by 30, you know, and that, and that wasn't the case at all. Some guys are stepping up. Juju makes a big play in a couple instances. Him and Bryant seem like they're better players week after week. And I don't think it's, you know, a good thing, but these next two games against bad opponents, if you really get Bryant and Juju rolling and then you get A.B. back, you know, I think that could work out well. Matt, I don't like to blame coaching for a loss – uh, like the one we saw yesterday, with so many different facets and moments where the game could have turned. I mean, uh, never mind the uh, interception at the end of the game, but Davis dropped a pick. You know, Gronk caught a two-point conversion that put the Patriots' head by three and changed what the Steelers had to do on their drive. It was just a nutty situation with so many different key moments. But I saw the Patriots in the fourth quarter, and they just kept throwing the ball to Gronk. 
I saw the Steelers in the fourth quarter, and Todd Haley's trying to mix in uh, DHB, Eli Rogers, Fitz Toussaint. I, I just didn't get that. The Patriots go to their big guns when they try to win. Maybe that's why they win so much. Yeah, I think that's warranted, and I think that's well said, that clearly they found something that was working extremely well, and by no means were they going to get away from it unless the Steelers did something drastic to change late in the game. Steelers didn't. Um, Belichick is that way, and he always will find a weakness after a while. Sometimes it's too little too late, but rarely. And you're right. I mean, it would have been nice to feature, like I said, Bell was rolling. Why not more Bell at the end? You know, if you keep it in the hands of your stars, I don't need Eli Rogers and DHB catching passes, although in a vacuum on each of those plays, you can understand it. But like you said, as an overall concept, late in the, late in the game, I want my studs touching the ball. Matt, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. Hi, Mark. Take care. That's Matt Williamson brought to you by 84 Lumber. We're going to talk about that more after the break. But uh, I didn't get the Steelers stirring in all these jabronis at crunch time in the fourth quarter, like Tassant, DHB, and on the last play, Eli Rogers. New England just kept going to Gronk. Steelers should have just, I don't know, kept going to Bell because New England had no sign of an answer for him, as Matt Williamson noted. Uh, a key Penguin has been sent home from Colorado, will not play tonight due to injury. I'll tell you who that is in just a moment on 105.9.